might help if I turn that on. Mine. There we go. Okay, tonight we're going to continue our study. Pulpit's losing parts. A piece of something laying up here. Anyway, tonight we're going to continue our study on rightly dividing. And we're going to talk tonight about the resurrections. Now, this morning was a great lead-in to what we're teaching tonight. And I hope you all got a blessing out of that message this morning. It was, it was fun, to, fun to preach. Teach, preach, I guess might be a better way to put it. But anyway, uh, we covered a lot of scripture this morning, didn't we? And really got some good insight, I think. But tonight, as I said, we're talking about the resurrections. And with that being said, I want to point out that the resurrections can basically be broken down into two distinguishable, that's a hard word for me, distinguishable resurrections. One is referred to as the resurrection of the living, and the other one is simply the resurrection of the dead. So we must define these words, living and dead, according to Scripture, as we continue on. Now, the Word of Truth teaches in the clearest and most positive terms that all of the dead will be raised. We also see that no doctrine of the faith rests upon a more literal and emphatic body of Scripture authority than this. We must understand that the dead will be raised, not only saved, but the lost as well. So there is a resurrection for the saved and the lost. And we must always remember that. It's important to observe that the scriptures do not teach that all the dead are raised at one time. So in so many words, when we were preaching about the rapture this morning, that, as I said, is for saved Christians at the end of the church age. But as we're going to see, there were people that were resurrected in Matthew, in the book of Matthew. There will be people resurrected in the middle of the tribulation. There will be people resurrected at the end of the tribulation and at the end of the millennium. So with that being said, we have to remember that all the dead are not raised at one time. That there's different times when the, the dead are resurrected. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 14. Just by kind of a way of introduction here. The Bible says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how shall some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? That's a pretty interesting question, isn't it? Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how shall some among you, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Paul was asking a simple question. If Christ is resurrected, how can you say that the dead is not resurrected? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? In so many words, if we deny one, we have to deny the other. And if Christ be not man, 
then is, I gotta turn around and see it. And if, if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is vain also. Where would we be without the resurrection of Christ? We'd be no different than Hindus, or Buddhists, or Muslims. Am I right? One thing I know different about our religion and theirs. Today I can take you to Buddha's grave. Right? We can go to Muhammad's grave. We can go to Confucius's grave. But I can show you where Christ was buried, but it's no longer his grave. You see? That's a big difference. That is one of the major differences in world religions today. Although there are other religions that teach that their God or their person resurrected from the dead, Christianity holds the two main beliefs that differentiate us from all other world religions. One is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Does anybody know what the second one is? One, the two main differences, or the two things that Christians hold to that are different from all other world religions. One is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And does anybody else know what the second one is? Nope. Nope. You ready? That he loves us. There's no other belief system that says that their God loves them. Isn't that something? And as he loves us, what do we believe as Christians? We should love one another. No other world religion holds to those truths. That's pretty cool, huh? You see, what I want to say about that is this, is that our, our belief, what we know is true, according to Scripture, is based on the emotion of love. And if we don't have love, what do we have? We have nothing. If we don't have the resurrection of Christ, what do we have? We have nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, in one of the books that I studied, the guy's name who wrote the book is Dr. Schofield. He also did the Schofield Reference Bible. But he says this, Dr. Schofield simplifies the resurrections into two. The first resurrection, resurrection of the just. The second, resurrection of the unjust, or the living and the dead. However, these resurrections occur over a period of time at five different occurrences. And we'll talk about those as we go. Now, here are the five occurrences. Number one, the resurrection of the Old Testament saints. that happens in Matthew 27, 52 through 53. And let's go ahead and read these passages because they're very important. Matthew 27, 52 through 53 says this. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. 
and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So these are Old Testament saints that resurrected when Christ resurrected. It's not our resurrection. It's not the resurrection of any others. But we have to remember that, as I said, the Old Testament Jew, if you remember when we talked about the Jew, the Gentile, and the church, they gained their righteousness how? Through the obedience of the law, keeping the sacrifices and the commandments. Okay? Now, with that being said, hello, how are you? Glad you're here. Put her on speaker. <laughs> Put them on speaker. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So we know that many of the Old Testament Jewish folks gained their righteousness through this. Their resurrection was when Jesus Christ resurrected, as pointed out in Matthew 27. All right. The second one, we'll see. The resurrection of Jesus Christ in Matthew 28, 1 through 9. What a glorious day that had to be when Christ resurrected. You all with me so far? Now, we talked about this this morning. Our whole message was about the rapture. The resurrection of the church at the rapture. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, and 1 Corinthians 15, 52 through 58. I don't know what's bringing this to mind, but for some reason I, I just have to tell you this story. My son Adam in Thailand sent me this video the other day. And it was, it was many, you've probably seen it, but in some self-defense classes they, they do a thing where a guy's pointing a pistol at your head. And you can take your hands and kind of slap it and turn a pistol around. So this guy was practicing that little move, you know. And he kept practicing and practicing and working on it, working on it. So he finally goes out one day and he gets into some kind of trouble. And the guy's got a pistol pointed right at his forehead. And he goes, huh. And he goes, Dah! and the next thing you know, everything changes and there's clouds all around him and music playing. <laughs> I don't know why it reminded me of that, but it did. <laughs> I don't think it worked too well for him. I'm just not really sure why I thought of that, but anyway, it was funny. So we see here the third resurrection of the church. The fourth is the resurrection of the tribulation saints in Revelation 20 verse 4. Now what you have to realize is that there will be people saved during the tribulation. Salvation in the tribulation is different than salvation now. Because when you study the scripture and you look at what happens in the tribulation, number one, they have to accept Jesus Christ. Number two, they still have to obey the Old Testament law on top of accepting Christ. Not only that, they have to endure to the end of the tribulation. We're going to be kind of tough. Or the other thing is they have to have, uh, let's say, a very short haircut. I'd rather get saved now than go through that. And number five is the resurrection of the dead in Revelation 20, verses 5 through 15. So, with these scriptures, we see that there's five different resurrections 
listed in Scripture. But notice, I was hoping this had a, I think it has a laser on it, doesn't it? There it is. These four resurrections here are the resurrections of the living. And this one is the resurrection of the dead. Now what's the difference? Old Testament saints, they died in righteousness. I'm sorry? Yeah. Resurrection of Christ, of course, right? Resurrection of the church. Resurrection of trib saints. And the resurrection of the dead. Didn't make it. First Corinthians fifteen, twenty two through twenty four says this For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. There was a John Wayne movie. I don't know why I'm getting all these weird thoughts tonight. <laughs> My wife's laughing. I love John Wayne movies. I don't know about y'all, but I just think they're great. I think it was Hondo, where uh, the Indian Victorio was, you know, fighting with them and everything else. And they found out Victorio was dead. And he told the gal, she said, oh, no, Victoria's dead. He said, everybody gets dead. It was just his turn. <laughs> and, you know, just lines like that would stick with you. And that, but you know what we know about mankind? Everybody gets dead. It's just a matter of when it's your turn. And you know what's funny? The older we get, you know when we're younger, you don't think about it. But the older you get, the more you begin to have to realize and understand and come to grips with the fact. One of these days we're checking out. Unless the Lord comes, that's not going to pardon you in any way, shape, or form. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So like Brother Ron said, it's a win-win situation. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and authority and power. Now, why is this significant? Because as an Adam, all die. Are we all descendants of Adam? We are. Guess what that means? We're dead men walking. I mean, let's just be honest about it. It's not a pleasant thing to talk about, but the truth is we're all dead men walking. It's just a matter of when it's your turn, like John Wayne said, right? But through Jesus Christ, we're made what? Alive. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, and you hath he quickened, What's the word quicken mean? Well, if you look at your fingernail and you get down into the pink part, what's that called? It's the quick. That's the part of your fingernail that's alive. And you ever cut down into the quick, you know what you find out? It hurts. You know, it's not fun. It hurts. And you hath he quickened. He's made you alive. Now notice the next part. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. So here's the cool thing. 
When you got saved, what happened to you? Man is made up of three parts, is he not? A body, a soul, and a spirit. I call it the three R's of salvation, so y'all just kind of hang on with this. But when you got saved, your spirit was redeemed. It was bought back. Your soul... I got to get it right now in my head. I had it there just a minute. I'm getting old. Your soul was regenerated. You with me? But what's happened to your body? Nothing. As far as salvation goes, nothing's happened to our flesh yet. But one day it will be raptured. Amen. <laughs> Make my day, right? You're funny. Man. So, you see, although our salvation is whole, as far, I don't, want, I don't want people to misunderstand me when I say this, it's complete in my spirit, it's complete in my soul, but salvation is not yet complete in my body. But it will be. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Go ahead and turn there. 1 Corinthians 15. This is so cool. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, not my spirit or not my flesh, or I'm sorry, not my spirit or not my soul, but my flesh is still what? Corruptible. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. You see, that verse isn't talking about your soul or your spirit. It's referring to your flesh. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. You see, the thing of it is, the cemeteries are full right now. Why? Because it's still corruptible. This flesh is still corruptible. But one of these days, ladies and gentlemen, when Christ calls us home, what happens to this flesh? It becomes incorruptible. We're created. Oh, you're going to love this. You ready for this, Pete? We're going to be created just as Adam was created before the fall. When Adam and Eve walked this earth before they ate of the fruit, they were immortal. You know how we're going to be? Immortal. You know why we're going to win at the Battle of Armageddon with Jesus Christ? You're immortal. Do you understand? Do you see? Isn't that cool? 
You can't be hurt. You can't. Look here, old man. This is so awesome. When you ask Jesus Christ to save you, we refer to that as being born again, the second birth, right? Oh, man, this is awesome. But the flesh is still corruptible. And if the, fr- the flesh corrupts to a certain point before the rapture of the church, it dies, right? One death. Two births, one death. But if a person doesn't accept Jesus Christ, they experience the birth, the physical birth, and the Lord carries, and they die physically. But then by going to hell, they die spiritually. Two deaths. One birth, two. You see the difference? I'll take the two births. I'll take the two births. It's just too good of a deal to pass up. You know, it's amazing to me. People always talk about wanting to get a good deal. You cannot get a better deal in Christianity. You can't get it. Born twice, die once. Born once, die twice. And it's amazing to me that people refuse to accept Christ because it is such a good deal. Now, Look at verse 54. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, You see, this is why studying the resurrections are important. We have to understand what resurrection we're going to be a part of. And we cannot confuse what part of the resurrection of the living we'll be a part of. But we also must understand, thanks be unto God, man, we are not part of the resurrection of the dead. Now, we're going to skip this because you just can't see it. But... It's so important that we understand that at the end of the book of Revelation, there's something very interesting that happens. And it's called the Great White Throne Judgment. And one of our studies coming up here very soon, we're going to talk about the different judgments in Scripture. And the Great White Throne Judgment is one of those judgments. Now listen to me, Christian. You are not judged at the Great White Throne Judgment but you are judged at the judgment seat of Christ. So let's go to the book of Revelation. All the way to the end of the book. I have to find the right passage here if you give me a moment.
All right, chapter 20, start being verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Now, you're going to see something here very interesting. At least it's very interesting to me. Notice this. From whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Now, let's just stop here for a minute. Well, I'm probably going to get in over my head. But the geographical location of hell, according to the scripture, is in the center of the earth. And we can talk about that some other time. We'll run all the references on it and learn about that. But with that being said, if the earth is fled away, and we know eventually the earth is destroyed, this is crazy. But here's what happens. It makes for really good preaching when preachers say you go, that lost people go to hell for eternity. Have you ever heard a preacher say that? It's basically true, but if you get down to the brass tacks of it, it's not. Because what happens is, is heaven and earth fled away. They're done away with. They're destroyed. They're gone. And if hell is in the center of the earth, guess what's destroyed also as well? That's right. So then we get to the great white throne, which we find in verse, go to verse 12. And I saw the dead. The dead are who? Lost people, right? Who died in their unrighteousness. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. So you know what that teaches me right there, or shows me? What happens to lost people in hell? They get out to stand before the great white throne. Do you all see that? Now keep going. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. They're brought out of hell, they're judged at the great white throne, and then they're cast into the lake of fire. It's almost like from the frying pan to the fire. Do you all see that? That's Bible. That's not me. That's Bible. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm glad my judgment is already over. My sins were judged on the cross at Calvary. Amen? 
Isn't that good? And I'll be judged for how I live for Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. But I am so glad I do not have to stand before the great, great white throne. I know there's some things in your handouts I didn't cover, and I want to give you all the... Let me see your hand up, Jerry. I'll give you the rest of the answers real quick. According to 1 Corinthians, and this is what we just looked at, chapter 15. Let me get the right references here. I want you all to have this information. According to 1 Corinthians... Well, I got them lost. Hang on a minute. Can you tell I'm all jacked up tonight? I read the passage. Hang on a minute. Christ the first fruit. Look that up, Jerry. First fruits. I'll find it. This happens every once in a while, you gang, so hang on. I always get ahead of myself. I get so excited. Yes. 1 Corinthians 15. Thank you, Deb. 22 through 24. The resurrection are described in three parts. The first one is Christ, the first fruits. Then they that are Christ at his coming. And in verse 24 says, Then cometh the end. And which is a reference to the dead. So Christ the firstfruits is a reference to the Old Testament saints, Jesus Christ and New Testament saints. Christ at his coming is a reference to the tribulation saints. And part C, the end, is a reference to the dead, the lost, at the great white throne judgment. Y'all get all of that? So when we talk about the resurrections, two, resurrection of the living, resurrection of the dead, but the resurrection of the living broken down into four parts. The resurrection of the dead, or the lost, to the great white throne. Pretty simple, huh? But it's important. Oh, cool. But it's important that we understand the difference of these resurrections and the time frame in which they happen. So, are we having service next Sunday night? 
since it's homecoming? Yeah, we'll probably cancel next Sunday, night, Sunday night. So the week after that, what I'm going to pass out to you is basically a time chart. And on that time chart, you'll see all the dispensations broken down. You'll see the, re the resurrections broken down as to when they happen in time. And I'll explain to you how this time chart works. It's really pretty cool when you start seeing it all put together. But it's one of those things that will greatly open the Bible to you. Okay? Pretty easy, huh? It's not hard when you just get it all put together. The hard part's getting it all put together. Okay, let's uh, pray and be dismissed. I'm done. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together tonight and, Lord, to open the Scripture and learn some things from it. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, I did an adequate job. I just don't feel like I did tonight. But, Lord, I pray that what was said tonight would be for your honor and for your glory. It would be a blessing to these, your people. Father, help us to learn as we learn to rightly divide. Open the Scripture to us, Lord, through these lessons. And, Lord, these things would be for your honor and for your glory. And, Lord, we sure do appreciate all you do for us. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, that we be a part of the resurrection of the living and no part of the resurrection of the dead. And, Lord, uh, we just ask, Lord, you bless this coming week. I pray, Lord, you'd use it for your honor and glory. I pray, Lord, you'd be with us till we get back here on Wednesday night. And, Father, again, help us to be your people the tools in your toolbox that you use for your honor and for your glory. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, Father, for all these things. For the name of Christ we pray. Amen.